Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 1 Kings chapter 17. And if I were to give this one a title, it would be An Oasis in the Desert. An Oasis in the Desert. Now, I've never been in a situation where I needed an oasis in a literal desert, but I was in a situation one time where I needed basically the same thing. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. We're going to see how God is doing that in the nation of Israel. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to YouTube channel. Right below, if you're watching me right now, on the right-hand side, you'll see subscribe. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hear the, hit the like button. It really helps us to kind of get this out there more. Also, for our podcast listeners, make sure you leave us a five-star review. And also, don't just hit the five-star review, but write down some of the things that the Lord is doing in your life. It's not just encouraging to us. It's also encouraging to everybody who listens to this. And then be sure you do not miss the opportunity to go to our Facebook group at the Bible Breakdown Discussion on Facebook because we just, man, the more we dig, the more we find, and they do such an amazing job on all those different things. You really owe it to yourself to go read those devotions. They are wonderful. It's growing, and God is doing something amazing with this community. And I love the fact that we're rallying around reading God's Word. That's what we're doing. We're reading God's Word every day. And man, God's Word is a firm foundation. If you have your Bibles, you want to open up with me to 1 Kings chapter 17. When I was uh, younger, I used to, to run in some different races. I still run in races, but it's a little different than it used to be. And I was running in this, this half marathon. That's 13 miles. Yes, I am crazy. <laughs> I was running and there was this idea I had in my head. Dumb idea I had in my head. Because what... What's supposed to happen in this race is that every mile marker of the 13 miles that was supposed to be water stations and aid stations and anything you needed was going to be every mile. So I told myself, because in my training, I'd already ran 13 miles, and I told myself, I can make it from mile to mile without having to carry water bottles and you know all this kind of stuff. So I decided I, I wasn't going to take any of that. Well, <laughs> you can kind of see the train coming. Um, for the first six, seven miles, everything was fine. That's about five miles. Everything was fine. And then when I got about halfway, I think it's when it started to happen, halfway, I got to mile six and there was no aid station. So I thought that's weird. So then I get to mile seven and I am kind of running and I'm asking somebody, hey, where's the aid station? Oh, we ran out of water. How do you run out of water at a race? <laughs> so now I'm two miles, three miles, and I haven't got any water. And I need it really, really badly. So seven, I got no water. Eight, I got no water. Nine, I'm getting really messed up. I'm getting dehydrated. I need some electrolytes. I need something. And I'm thinking I may have to jump out of this race. And I'm just beating myself up because I've put myself in this position. I should have brought water with me, right? As I'm coming up on mile 10, I'm, I'm coming up on it and I see a station. I see an aid station. And they are packing it up to leave. And so I'm like, hey, hang on, hang on. And they go, man, we're so glad you are here. We're getting ready to take this water and take it back to the people that are at mile six. And I'm like, why would you? I, I don't care. Just give me some. And so I, I'm talking about I took every bottle of water I could carry. And so I'm running with like 
my, my arms full of water because I need it so bad. And I just made the most of it. And I'm sitting here, and of course, I'm slowly trying, trying slowly to drink as much of it as I possibly can and all of that. And I had just water in my pockets. I had it everywhere that helped me finally finish the race. It's the closest thing I could think of. I'm going to make the most of my opportunity because <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to have another one. That's a lot like what we see in this chapter today. The nation of Israel is going down and down and down. They need a water station. They, they need an oasis in the desert. And what God is going to do is he's going to raise up one of the greatest prophets in the entire Bible by a guy by the name of Elijah, who later in the New Testament, when John the Baptist comes on the scene, they're going to say that John the Baptist came in the spirit. In other words, the attitude, the anointing, the power of Elijah, a guy who don't mess around. And sometimes it takes hard people to be to rate to be raised up during hard generations so that they can get the message out we're going to see that with elijah so let's watch what happens and all this is happening during this horrible time in the nation of israel's history but god is still taking care of his people just like oasis in the desert you ready here we go first king 17 verse 1 says this now elijah who was the son of tishbe and gilead told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord lives, the God of Israel, as sure as he lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Very bold claim. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide by the Kareth brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring to you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So the very first DoorDash appears in 1 Kings chapter 17. So Elijah did as the Lord told him, and he camped beside Kiriath Brook, east of the Jordan, and the ravens DoorDashed him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, and there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath, and he arrived at the gates of the village, and he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, Would you please, please bring me a little water in a cup? And as she was going to get it, he called her, Also, bring me a bite of bread to eat too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in a jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was gathering a few sticks to cook the last meal, and then my son and I will die. And pause. So God told Elijah, I want you to go there. I am instructing a lady to feed you. But God must have forgot to tell her that. <laughs> but that's not it at all. God had already put it in her heart to be generous. You notice whenever he asked her to go get him something to drink, God had put inside of her a spirit of generosity so that she was willing to do this. So that's what God meant by that. I have put inside of her a willing heart so that she would be willing to do this. And you imagine she's in this horrible place. Elijah had said for three years, there's going to be no rain. And so now for three years, almost three years, there's been no rain. And it's caused famine and desolation to where this poor lady only has enough flour to make probably just a little bit of unleavened bread and her and her son are about to starve to death. And now the man of God is asking for what little I have left. But watch what happens in verse 13. But Elisha said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then 
Use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord says. The Lord God of Israel says, There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. Then she said to Elijah, O man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and kill my son? But Elijah replied, Give me your son. And so he took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs to the room where he had been staying, and laid the body on the bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die? And so he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer, and the life of the child returned, and he revived. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. Then the woman told Elijah, Now I know for sure that you are a man of God, and that the Lord truly speaks through you. Come on now. Now wait a minute. (laughs) Are you really telling me? I'm sure he has told her about the ravens and the DoorDash. Yeah, and the brook. And then she has watched that after she made him some bread, she had plenty of bread to eat, and now she believes he's a man of God. Oh, Lord. But can I tell you, that's what happens to us all the time. Do you know what this reminds me of? Is God told this lady through Elijah, I want you to put me first. And if you put me first, I will make sure you always have enough. Do you know where I've seen that happen the most in my life? Is in the area of giving. God comes to us and he says, I want you to give to me first. It's called a tithe, 10%. And it's important that when we give to God, it's not about the money. It's about the place that it has in our hearts. Therefore, what we don't do is we don't pay all of our bills, have all of our fun, take our spouse on a date, go do whatever. you know. And, and then if I have anything left over, I'll throw a five in the offering. Or then I'll give whatever percentage I have left over. It's not about the money. God has everything. It's about the place that you have God in your heart. To where you say, before I do everything else, I'm going to put God first. And the first 10%, I'm going to give God. Just like this lady, when Elijah said, give, give me some first, and then watch what I do, what God does with the rest. And so when we trust God like that, and we give to God first, He always takes care of the rest. He always does what's amazing. I've had people tell me, well, pastor, I've never done that before. It it would really be a big deal for me to do that. It would mean I'd have to reorient my life. I'd have to say no to some things. I'd have to do this over here. Are you really telling me I should change my whole life around in order to put God first in my finances? Yes. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying because that's what God wants for us. Because it's about the position. It's about trusting God more than we trust our stuff, more than we trust our own wisdom. When we say, okay, God, I'm going to give to you first to make sure you have supreme, supreme authority in my life. And I'm going to trust you with the rest. And then just like with this lady, 
God continued to bless with everything else. But then here's the catch. We have this idea that because we're trusting the Lord, nothing else bad's ever going to happen. Well, this lady can be the very first one to testify to you that just because God takes care of this area of life doesn't mean something bad can happen in that area over there. But notice what she did. When something bad happened to her life, she went back to Elijah. Elijah, you got to do something. I'm trusting in you. I'm needing your help. I need you to do something. And then God, through Elijah, did something amazing. And that's what God tells us. You put me first and watch what I do. And then what you're going to realize is you're going to realize the source of your supply was never your money. The source of your supply was always God. Therefore, when the next need comes along, you know exactly where to go and know exactly what God is capable of. And it was amazing that God took care of her in amazing ways. And she's going to come back up again later. Uh, Another widow is going to come up later in the story of the nation of Israel. And so what does that mean for us today? An oasis in the desert. Right in the middle of all this bad stuff going on in the nation, God is taking care of his people who are faithful to him. Can I tell you that people listen to this podcast from all over the world, and I don't, I don't know what's going on in your part of the world, but in some parts of the world, they would say that their nation is in chaos. They would say that there's bad things happening and bad actors are in charge and just bad stuff's happening all over the place. But can I tell you that we can learn from God's word in this chapter today, just because something bad is going on in the nation doesn't mean that God has given up on you. That even when bad things are going on around you, there can still be an oasis in that desert. Our job is to not change the world. Only God can do that. Our job is to impact our world and do the best that we can. And if I make a difference in in my world and you make a difference in your world and somebody else does, that's when God is able to make a significant difference in the world. But we start with doing the best we can with what we have. And if we will do that, no matter what goes on in our nation, No matter what goes on in people around us, we can experience an oasis in the desert. So I want to ask you this question. What is it you need to trust God with today so that you can experience an oasis in the desert? Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's time for you to trust the Lord. Maybe what you've been doing is you've been serving everybody else with your finances, but you've not been honoring God. Can I tell you, that might be one reason why you're struggling your finances. Maybe you're giving to God, but you're giving from what's left over not from what comes first. Maybe you are. Maybe that's not the problem. Maybe you need to trust him with your relationships. You need to trust him. And I don't know what that is, but I want to ask you a question. Where do you need to trust the Lord so that you can experience an oasis in the desert? Whatever that is, take the next step today and watch what God will do and find out that he is completely and totally trustworthy. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that you are more trustworthy than we can imagine. You are with us and you are for us in every way. I pray today, God, that as we turn our lives more fully toward you, that, God, you will give us these oasis in the desert moments to realize, Lord, that when there can be chaos all around, there's still peace with you. We thank you for that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, tomorrow we're going we're gonna to read this together, but I, it's never been more important than it is now when Elijah gives the nation of Israel and gives all of us this challenge in 1 Kings 18 when he says, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. Like never before, we need to go all in, sell ourselves out, and say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you all the way. And watch what he'll do. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for 1 Kings chapter 18.